Hey family. It's 7.22 a.m. And I'm sitting outside while the air is cool, which won't be for long. (laughs) And just sitting and reflecting. I've been wanting to record for a while, but every time I have a quiet moment, I just want to rest. But a lot has changed since the last time we spoke. And I just wanted to share what God has been speaking to me in this moment of transition and in this moment of um, just solitude. Uh, I was thinking about how when I was in college, I went on a writer's retreat and we were in this cabin in LaGrange, Texas literally in the middle of nowhere and um, I roomed with one of the girls in my class who I didn't really know and um When it was time for bed, she took her headdress off and her hair is just so long and just beautiful and black and it's like I saw her for the first time I just saw her humanity I said I didn't see her devotion for her God I didn't see her chastity I didn't see her I didn't see her religion I didn't even see my own biases toward her religion I just saw her And I was writing about love that weekend. And I asked her to tell me a story about her first love. And it was one of the most beautiful stories I've ever heard or that I've ever had the honor of writing about. And I also saw her brokenness in a way that I probably won't ever be able to fully articulate. But this morning I thought about her. I thought about her because our brokenness is the thing that we all share and yet all collectively try so hard to hide 
we shroud our brokenness in religion. We shroud our brokenness in relationships. We shroud it in what we wear, what we don't wear, what we say, what we don't say. But the Bible says that God requires a broken spirit and a contrite heart. God does not require you to have it together, to pull it together, to get it together. He requires your brokenness because your brokenness is an invitation for him. In that same year of college, we had an author visit one of our classes. And man, I was so taken by her. She was so cool and just such a cultured, learned, experienced author. And she said something that I will never get forget. She said that you should never write about a thing until you've come out of the thing. Because once you've come out of the thing, you see it clearer. And I, I held that in my heart for many years. And it kept me from writing about heartbreak and unforgiveness and confusion and sadness and desire until I felt like I had passed, until I felt like I had beat the level. But when you read the Gospels and when you read Paul's letters and when you read when you read all these colorful stories, you're in it. When, when you read David's psalms, when you hear the song of his heart, the cries of his heart, he's in it. So here I am again in, in the middle. And I'm going to talk about it. And I'm going to write about it. And I'm going to cry about it. And I'm going to pray about it. And I'm going to prophesy about it. Because my brokenness is an invitation. Not just for God, but for you too. Adulthood is one of those things I feel like your parents try to tell you. They try to warn you. (laughs) You know, they try to give you the game, so to speak. But everyone's experience is different, you know. And you add that with the nuance of being an American and a black American and 
a woman and a believer and a wife and a mom. Um, a lot of layers. A lot of layers to that onion. And um, I've just found myself constantly, constantly coming right back to the word to give me language, to give me strategy, to give me wisdom, to give me peace, to give me solace for everything. Um, The past few years have been a whirlwind from losing my father-in-law to then a month later having my son, him being in the NICU the first three days um, of him being here the stress and the strain and the agony of navigating through marriage and motherhood, going through deliverance, um, making the decision to leave comfort and to, to leave what I'm used to and to leave what I know in order to just wait for God. It's been a lot. And yet, one thing I know for sure is that the grace of God is sufficient for all things. That the blood of Jesus is sufficient for all things, can be applied to all things. (laughs) And so, I guess I just wanted to share... I wanted to share that whatever you're going through right now, one, is temporary. No matter if it lasts you your whole life, it's still temporary. Two, there's glory to be experienced in it. And the way you go through it is a witness for somebody else. We are in between homes right now, again. (laughs) Um, With two small kids and with life just happening. It's just happening so fast. Um, my husband was laid off from his job this week. And we were believing God um, and beginning the process to buy a home after trying to no avail to lease, falling in love with what we believed was the perfect house for us and then being denied for it. And then having about two days to pack up our whole house and <laughs> and move. And... um. You know, even sharing that feels like a faux pas. You know, 
Um, but the only reason that I have peace about doing it is because I know the very next time I record, um, I'll have some miracles to share with y'all. And to be frank, the miracle right now is just being able to stand with a smile. The word says that godliness plus contentment is great gain. And so often we believe that the only gain that is worth praising God about or worth looking forward to or worth being happy about is financial gain or romantic gain or gain when it comes to like who you know. But truly, like, being content where you are and knowing that God is no respecter of persons, but he is certainly a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Knowing that there's always work to be done, and sometimes the work is just praising God in the middle of what seems to be the eye of the storm. I am proof positive that you can have peace when everything is uncertain. Because although everything is uncertain, one thing is not. And that one thing is the most important thing. (laughs) And that's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So I want to pray for you. And... Tell you thank you yet again for listening and for engaging. And let you know that, as always, I greatly encourage you, but don't ever want you to to give out of compulsion. But if you are inclined and you feel blessed by what you hear and you are able and you would like to give to this ministry of Kiss the Waves, um, please do. Um... All the links to the different ways you can give are uh, in the description of this episode. And and I thank you for I thank you for any gift that you give, uh, whether it's monetary or a prayer or simply sending this to someone who you feel like uh, would benefit from it. This is catharsis for me. Um, it's life-giving for me and I believe that it's a part of my call and my prayer is that it edifies you. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to know you, um, to hear you, to see your hand even in the midst of chaos even in the midst of distraction even in the midst of destruction you're God and you've promised that we we would have trouble while we're here but you also said that we should be of good courage because You overcame the world and you're with us. 
you'll never leave and you'll never forsake us. And so, God, we collectively cast all of our burdens on you because you care for us and you know what to do with it. I don't know what your kids are dealing with right now, but you do. You do. And not only do you know, but you've already planned the escape. You've already written the blueprint for the way all of this will work out for their glory, for their good. You've already you've already planned how all of this will be a testimony. So we thank you. We ask that you just take our faces in your hands and put our eyes back squarely on you. That we would look to the hills to where our help comes from. And that we would be comforted by the God of all comfort. Yes, there are bills that need to be paid. (laughs) There are plans that need to be made. There are calls that have to be made. There are relationships that have to be reconciled. There are relationships that have to end. There are... There's so many things that are looming in our hearts and our minds and you just want to take them off of our plate so that we can truly enjoy just being children of the Most High God. Because that enjoyment draws people in. That enjoyment is a testimony in and of itself. That enjoyment is a witness. Let us have joy, the joy that knows no bounds. Baptize us in joy. Wash us with the water of the word. Give us a reverence for you. Give us a desire to do your will. And let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. I serve you notice once again that you are a defeated foe, that you're under our feet and that your end will come. That your kingdom will crumble And that you will be tossed into the lake of fire. That you are not to bring a charge against God's elect. That you are not to harm God's anointed. That you are not to harm God's prophets. I declare over your people that no evil will come nigh their dwelling. I declare over your people that pestilence will not touch them. I bind and rebuke all witchcraft, all ploys and schemes of the enemy, all snares of the enemy. I bind and rebuke in the name of Jesus. And I ask 
that your people would guard themselves with the full armor of God. Thank you for rebuking the devourer for our sake. Thank you for keeping us in perfect peace as we keep our eyes stayed on you. And thank you for sending your son before the foundation of the world to be the very best contingency plan in the history of man. You made provision for our condition. And he shed his blood on Calvary after living a sinless life. Thank you. Thank you for the lamb who was slain so that we might have life and have it to the full. Thank you that that blood reaches the highest mountain and the lowest valley. Thank you that that blood will never lose its power. Thank you that that blood still works. Thank you that we can plead that blood over anything and anyone at any time. Thank you for hearing us when we pray. Thank you that we no longer need a high priest, that the veil has been torn, that we have direct access to the creator of the universe. And he cares. Thank you that Jesus is sitting right there at your right hand, interceding for us. When we feel like nobody is praying for us, that's a lie from the pits of hell because Jesus himself is praying that we keep on pushing. It's praying that his father keeps keeping us. It's praying that we keep on leaning into him. Thank you for your holy presence. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. May we be more and more mindful of him every day. May he bring things to our remembrance. May he interpret our prayers. May he guide us into all truth. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.